Welcome to Lifting Coast. We're back online. And Scott, we've got a special guest today. I'll let you bring it in for us. Yes, we have a special guest. The first ever Chinese driver in F1, Mr. Guan Yu Zhou. Are we, we're saying that correctly, right? Because Yeah, definitely. Hi, guys. It's Guan Yu Zhou here. You said it absolutely perfectly, so that's very good. <laughs> that's amazing. So tell me this, because in all of the interviews I've seen, every I feel like everyone in the racing world just calls you by your last name. Yeah, because basically, uh, one, there was a whole story going back to like 2012 when I first I moved to UK racing karting. So the people couldn't pronounce my name correctly. So it's like very weird pronunciation. So I said, so people start calling me Chinese Joe, which Joe in Chinese is similar to my zoo, like how you pronounce it in English. So it's, yeah, that's the way I just went for it. And uh, so people start calling me Joe all the time. And now, yeah, it's go all the way to the Formula One world now. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, hey, listen, I've had my name butchered many times, so I know exactly how it feels. Um, so obviously, uh, you just wrapped up your first F2 season. How was that? Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, sorry, not your first F2 season, but you fin- wrapped up your final F2 season. How was that? Yeah, that was actually quite uh, quite happy from my side uh, because, you know, finished peacefully in the championship. I think just behind the two primary drivers, I think we did a good achievement. And also as well as the, how the season went, we was leading the championship for three rounds and then a bit unfortunate few rounds that uh, put us a little bit back in the championship fight for the title but then to finish the uh, or wrap off the season Abu Dhabi with uh, two podiums of three races including a victory so I'm very happy with the season including you know nine podiums in total and four victories so yeah I'm very happy how I finished all my junior or federal series in Formula Racing and now heading off to know the final or the big big stage (laughs) exactly it's um it's very exciting obviously we've been following very closely um you just wrapped up in abu dhabi and you put in 270 laps in two days how did that feel on your body was it physically exhausting i mean to be honest i was expecting to be more knackered after but uh, actually it went pretty well because uh Day one, of course, I feel a bit like tired on my neck because, uh, you know, the downforce in Formula 1 car compared to Formula 2 is huge. Like, for example, a corner where you're using third gear, they're using fifth gear. So that's how much of speed difference. But uh, then day two, they said, this today we're going to do 150 laps. I was like, Jesus, that, that's going to be, that's like more than, you know, what all the others done in day one. I'm not going to be survived, but in the end, I was survived perfectly fine. So I was quite happy with my physical condition. But uh, of course, I have a win- whole winter to be prepared more ready for the busy season ahead. So talk a little bit about how, how was your first, I mean, I'm sure it's not your first interaction with Alpha Male. Was this your first like official practice slash being in the garage with Alpha Male? Was this the first time for you? Yeah, that was... Uh, was the first time me to be together with the Formula One team, yeah. and uh, it's the first of everything basically. First time driving their real car, first time to explore, you know, how the teams work. But uh, in the end, I think uh, I adapted pretty quickly. And uh, the main target is that we achieve all the program that uh, the team has planned for me during the test, and uh, everything went pretty well. Not as well as achieve all that stuff, but also you know to have. A decent speed for my first test so yeah i think i'm pretty looking forward to the season ahead as well as that very nice so for someone like 
Uh, so we're, obviously, um, I'm not. Sh- I'm sure you're aware of the series Drive to Survive. So Netflix has been massive in the growth of Formula One in America. It's not the biggest biggest sport, but it's on its way there. It's seen such tremendous growth. Talk to us about for our new listeners and for people that are joining the journey along with us. What are the differences between F2 and F1 um, that you can notice so far? Like just being in the driving in the cars and what you find is the biggest difference and what the junior circuits actually like compared to what you've seen of the main stage. Yeah, I think uh, first of all, I think, uh, you know, Formula 2 is the closest you can get in all this before Formula 1. So it's like you do pit stops in the races, you're racing the same track, same weekend. But then the biggest difference from driving side is that uh, I think, first of all, you have power steering in Formula 1, which F2 is harder to turn the steering wheel, so it's more difficult for the arms. But in the other hand, with power steering wheel, you felt quite different how the tyre behaviour, because tyre plays off a huge things in motorsports. And then it's the downforce, the speed that you can, the car can generate in a, in a corner is quite impressive. I mean, I don't think anyone can expect that and to drive it and how crazy it is. And then, you know, apart from the driving side, going to other side is that Formula 2, we have uh, a car, we have four mechanics together helping and then two engineers. In Formula 1, you have like 20 plus people just working for you, for one guy, one driver. It's quite impressive how, you know, a whole team is behind you, not just in the track. There's people also in the factory helping as well. So it's really like goes into a team sports. I mean, both championship, but uh, in Formula One, what everything just, you know, involves more people and uh, it gets a lot busier. And it, there's so much stuff you can see by the data as well. So Joe, you know, everyone, and, and for you growing up, you've watched Formula One. It is the top of the top. And for every fan in the world, that's what we see. But there's a long road to get to Formula One. You start in karting. You work your way up the circuit. People see the nice hotels, you know, the beautiful tracks. They see all of that. But how much work goes into everything to get to that point? Because all of the... the other stuff that comes prior to Formula One is not as glamorous. You know, you're you're going from karting to Formula Four. Um, tell us a little bit about how you get through that. How did you? Um, how did your family support you? And you know, for again, because we are in North America, we have a lot of people that aren't necessarily that familiar with the sport, so they don't understand yeah. how much work goes into getting to this pinnacle. Yeah, I mean, first of all, like, uh, just for myself, because, you know, coming from China is already, you know, it's not that uh, we're not very, we started motorsports a lot later than, you know, in Europe in general. And then firstly, for me, is that I have to move or completely change my my whole uh, life of living, um, basically moving to UK, because that's where you get, you know, the hardest competition and that's where all the all the Formula 1 teams are, you know, you can have professional training, but uh, in the end, you know, coming from karting, then Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, each step for me is like, it's very difficult to be achieving, you know, the maximum you can. And also the way of this journey has been incredible tough just for myself, because of course I have my family supported me to you know, ch- chasing or helping me chasing my dream. But the other hand, you know, you have to be, it's motorsports in the end, in every sport, you have to be competitive 
and you have to be, you know, winning or doing top three in the championship in order to move up and to have the opportunities that maybe you can shine in the future to reach Formula One. But uh, it's been very tough, and uh, I can tell that also, like, you know, all these years, all these different countries, different tracks I've been to. Normally, I just see airport and uh, then track. I don't really get to see the city much, and so you're normally just there, you know, for your work to do the job on track, and then you're off to somewhere else to other. Like to next track and then or to simulate it back in the factory so there's a lot of work going behind there and i knew how much i have to basically push myself and because i believe that uh, one day it could be coming true and uh, i'm just very thankful that you know it's happening when we look at the grid lewis hamilton has talked a lot about diversity and inclusion um you're now joining the grid and you're not white you're chinese how important is that for all the young Chinese um, fans out there that want to look at motorsport, whether it's racing or working in the garage or working in the factory? How important is it for you now to be a role model for them? I think it's very important. You know, it takes a huge part of the of the sports for sure. And uh, I can already say that uh, the day one announced is a Formula One driver for 2022 season that, uh, you know, the amount of people who is, of, of course, one of the people knowing motorsports or already interested in the sports is very exciting to see me, but also the amount of people coming from outside the motorsports world to be have the interest in this specific sports is very is hugely building up and it's still building up every day since the first very first announcement. So I'm very happy to see that. And of course, you know, what be good have the racing in front of your home crowd and uh, then the other hand i think uh, for me you know i reach i reach in formula one and then i have to be sure my full potential for the one world and to be doing well in that championship and then i'm sure you know the amount of people and amount of you know interest will be building about up day by day and uh, i can see it very clearly especially back home you know how much is improved or growing up already the recent weeks It's the holiday season. You guys know where you have to be, Kurt. Where do they have to be? You got to be on Fanabox. You got to be on Fanabox.com. We're giving a 10% off with what code? Alpha 10. As you all know, we're here with Juan Yujo, the newest Formula One driver on the grid, joining Alfa Romeo. May as well get yourself some Alpha gear. And that's on top of their sales on their racing kits already. So you're getting 10% extra. And just so you guys know, it is way easier to buy from Fanabox than it is from most European sites. Kurt, let them know why. Listen, to all our friends here in the U.S., all our friends here in Canada, it is difficult to buy F1 gear when you got to buy from somewhere in the U.K. or Denmark or Switzerland or they don't speak English or the website's not in English. Go to Fanabox.com. We got you all over North America Use the code ALPHA10 for the latest and newest Alpha gear. Um, and obviously, check out their holiday racing kits for up to 30% off. Um, Max and the entire team over there make it extremely easy. So if you need some F1 gear, head over to fanabox.com. And you know, for U.S. clients, it is free shipping when you spend over $150. Right, Kurt? Spend over $150, free shipping to the U.S., um, and again, if you have any questions, the team of Fanabox can answer them for you. They make it as easy as possible. I believe two to four business days in California, one to three on the East Coast. You still got some time. 
Fanabox.com. Happy holidays. So, um, obviously, being the first Chinese uh, driver in F1 comes with a lot of pressure, right? Like, I'm sure that's just the reality of the situation. At times, do you find it more of a burden than it is kind of a blessing? Because you do, in, in some way, represent the hopes of one nation. But... Obviously, it's it's a spectacular feat, and you're the first to do it. But is it sometimes more of a burden than a, a blessing? How do you feel about that? I mean, to be honest, you know, uh, to be the first of of the nation, it's you know, when you achieve that is quite impressive. And so then you know how much pressure, or I know how much pressure I'm going to handle, or I'm already facing. But uh, in the end, I think uh, you know. In the past, like the past two three years, that people always say that I was the closest ever to be, you know, to be the first Chinese driver. So I had quite a lot of pressure because the whole country wanted you to be in Formula One, and then you know I really have to perform well on track to be delivered the results to be showing that I'm capable of doing of to be in Formula One. But uh, yeah, especially this year, I think I never felt so much pressure in my whole racing career so far. But I'm very happy that you know i'm capable of dealing with the pressure because when in this level you know you see formula one drivers this year fighting for the title both drivers you have to deal with all these sort of pressures either from yourself from your team or outside because that's the way how it is and uh, i'm actually quite okay with all that but uh, of course you know next year the pressure will be still on me probably even more than this year so far like my before the last two races i had quite a lot of pressure but uh, i'm quite happy that uh, the way I can, you know, sort of like go around these pressures. I think I'm very okay with all that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, just touching on what you said with the championship, obviously very controversial. What are some quick thoughts on it? You were, were you there live? I'm assuming you watched it live. Yeah, I did. I was actually live. I was in between turn seven to turn nine, I think. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it quickly? Um, very controversial, but what are your thoughts on the ending? Yeah, I mean, yeah, firstly, the ending was, I never see something like that before. So I was hugely, you know, quite, you know, surprised with how it is. Everything went the whole championship, whole year. And uh, for me, you know, it's, firstly, I was unbelievable that two drivers was equal on points and it's last race. It's like you win and you win the championship. If you don't win, you're not world champion. <laughs> that's something I think is a driver for them. It, there's a lot of pressure and that's something quite special. But uh, yeah, the whole race actually it was like when Max was on pole, I was like, okay, he's pretty much won the championship. And then Lewis got the got the lead and then leading the whole race and just ah safety car I was like, I want to got it. And then yeah, it was quite uh quite how do you say surprisingly that uh you know safety car was on and then there's of of course there was cars, you know allowing them to pass the safety car or not. So that was a bit of confusion. I was a bit confused looking at the time screen with all this, this notice. But uh, in the end, I think, uh, you know, whoever wins, they all deserved it after the fabulous years they all had. So not much to say about that. You said earlier that Formula 2 is the closest thing to F1. You share the same tracks. It's the same weekend. What is the dynamic like um as a Formula 2 driver, when you're there at the same time with the F1 drivers, is there much time to collaborate? Is there time to, you know, in passing, you see different guys, you say hi. Um, is there any sort of, you know, responsibility that you see from the 20 drivers on the grid kind of passing on knowledge to the F2 guys? 
Uh, I mean, yes. Firstly, I think uh, special, you know, in the in the before, like uh, before the situation was happening. So we're allowed, you know, to go into Formula One paddock. We're allowed to spending some time. But even though, you know, we are both busy. So Formula One driver, they have a super busy weekend as well as Formula Two. And we're all like close to each other. So like when we have a session, they will be straight after us. So there's not a lot of time to be involved in that area. But uh, what I can say is that there will be a lot of contact during the text message, during the messages together, because I'm obviously before with Academy. And then, you know, we have quite a lot involved together with Academy and Formula One team to calibrate like how the track situation is, all that stuff. But uh, all I can say is that the reason two years has been a little bit less just because, you know, we are in our own bubble. So we cannot really enter in the Formula One bubble. So we have to stay in F2 area. But uh, apart from that, you know, the track condition is all similar. So we all try to watch each other like before the session and see how the track is or track revolutions is very important information for the team. Very nice. Um, quick question for you. Uh, would you say you were the most stylish driver? Because, I mean, I've taken notice. I did a little dive. Um, were you the most stylish driver on the F2 circuit? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that everybody agrees. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have the opportunity to be showing my full outfit. That's more for my own life. But, uh, yeah, definitely I think I'm going to be say yes to that. <laughs> Are you going to give Mr. Lewis Hamilton a run for his money if he returns next year? We're the most fashionable driver on, on the F1 circuit. I think that that got to be Hamilton. There's <laughs> not a lot to say about that because, uh, yeah, I mean, he's pretty stylish. It's an outfit he pulls off. I mean, you know, to be stylish, you have to pull off literally all this different stuff. Could be very cool, could be, you know, different types of other people. But uh, I think, you know, he did a great job of, you know, changing his outfit every single day. So it's very nice. Yeah, we're going to have to start like, uh, do you know about the page league fits for the NBA, uh, NBA fashion? Yeah, no, it's actually, you know, I felt it's very cool stuff because I follow NBA quite a lot. I mean, I, I love basketball and uh, I guess, you know, everybody is quite familiar with that. But uh, yeah, I think what Lewis did is quite cool from my side. Let's bring that kind of to Formula One because, you know, you, you wear team kit, but uh, when you arrive on the track in a different outfit, it's pretty, pretty special it? for everyone. <laughs> We're going to need a little page just for you and Lewis to see every... Uh, uh the um, outfits every single su- uh, race weekend <laughs> we need to yeah, say like if i'm wearing normal outfit or i'm wearing team kit but so yeah listen Should you're, be some you're cool gonna stuff you're gonna out. have to bring you're gonna have to bring it all what i guess 23 races next year um we're gonna be looking out tell me about how you feel about that because you're now formula one driver there's only 20 in the entire world um how excited are you for for this upcoming season and how do how are you preparing for you know a long long year ahead because it's 23 races the most ever yeah i mean i think first of all that uh, because formula one is my dream so i'm very you know ready and very pumped up to be want to be involved or to do the season start as quick as possible but uh yeah i know that uh, there will be a lot of work to go in there before the Pre-season testing also during the season for me to improve a little bit my skills with Formula 1. But uh, of course, I think uh, with a season so busy, there will be not a lot of time, you know, to be, for me, to adapting. So I have to be right on it straight away. So that's the most important one. And then I think, uh, you know, how much step is like almost more than double of the amount of races we're doing Formula 2. 
especially if like the most so far next year and it's going to be super intense but uh, for myself i'm going to be just physical side as i feel like i'm ready but of course i have to keep everything keep myself healthy until the beginning of the year it's very important to have myself in the you know in the right window right zone of to be ready and then the other thing is that to be working together closely to the team in the factory because i will be going there quite often after you know a uh, few weeks of holidays and uh, yeah will be super busy season ahead but uh, i'm very looking forward to it because a lot of places i've never been to a lot of countries is first time for me only watch the races on tv so you'll be the one on tv people watching you so it's quite an impressive turnaround <laughs> very exciting especially uh with miami coming up in the u.s it'll be a, a lot of fun um i'm sure that everyone on the uh every 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 f1 driver and team is looking forward to that yeah, I've never been to a basketball match. I really want to go one day. So, well, <laughs> so just touching on basketball quickly, um, who would you compare your game to most if you could pick one NBA player? If you had to compare, you mean, your, yeah, your own personal well, basketball game, who are you comparing yourself to? Well, I want to be like Kobe Bryant, but <laughs> I'm not quite yet in his level. But uh, <laughs> I don't really have a one to, to think straight away. But yeah, to be honest, I mean, I watch a lot basketball players i like i like the way like uh lebron james works because uh you know he's kind of like a, a leader of the team and guide people you know the way forward but uh yeah there's no specific player i can think of but uh what i can say is that uh, people like lebron kobe is the one you know I think all the sports people looking up to and try to be as good as them one day very nice. How often do you get to play basketball since you're a big fan? Like, is it like once a week, not too often because you're so busy with racing? I mean, when I have like a time off, I probably play like once or twice a week. But uh, when I'm so busy in racing, like the last time I played probably is like two months ago before before this happens. But uh, yeah, basketball, I mean, it's very easy sports to play. So, you know, there's court outside indoors and uh, you can just hang out with some friends. But uh, yeah. I still need to uh, improve a bit my basketball skills, but uh, let's see. <laughs> Very nice. And just talking uh, about on the track again, you've competed with guys like Lando, uh, Mick Schumacher, Nikita, all through the junior circuit. Now you're going to be on the track with some of your idols, like a Fernando Alonso, um, Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton. How surreal is that for you to be on the same grid with with some of the greatest drivers of the sport? Uh, firstly, like uh, I remember basically going back to my first ever practice one session I did in Austria this year. I felt like, uh, you know, one engineer tell you like Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso, like 10 seconds behind. And then it's pretty unreal because uh, that's the people I've been looking at. That, my first ever Grand Prix I watched 2004 in Shanghai and there was people were there racing and uh, some of them were there racing and uh, now to be competing with them to be fighting on track with them is quite impressive because like people like you said the younger uh, generation like Blando like Charles uh, Mick all these people I raced against in the past so I'm quite familiar to be with that but when you're against Nando against Lewis something yeah like well incredible I think and uh, it felt already a lot better, a lot more real in the test, <laughs> but it definitely didn't feel real in the my first ever weekend in Formula One FP1. Amazing. That's that's amazing. 
Um, so we're just going to wrap up here. Gus got a quick question for you. Um, obviously, you've been in England for quite a while, Sheffield specifically, but originally from China, Shanghai. What's home to you now? Is it is it UK or is it China? What, what feels like home now? I mean, home for me is always going to be Shanghai in China because, you know, it's, it's my home and it's where I'm coming from and I absolutely love that. But of course, to be a racing driver, to be traveling all the time, to be communicating with your team, you have to live somewhere in Europe is the easiest way to do. So basically UK is sort of like my second place, second home. But uh, I feel quite, quite well knowing the whole, you know, the, how the people works in UK. But uh, of course, you know, China is always my home. And do you, do you spend much time in China in the off season or anything like that? Or is it like you barely get to go back home because you're so busy? Uh, yeah, I think uh, in the past has been a bit more, but uh, the recent, especially the recent two years, I haven't really got a chance. Like last year, I went back like maybe just two weeks for the whole year. And this year, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. And uh, yeah, I do miss home quite a lot, especially, you know, when you have a so busy uh, season before season coming up, you know, you want to be home a little bit more, see your family or friends and before, you know, before they switched on to a, know to your racing but uh yeah i think that's the way how it is and i'm also fine with it just to enjoy a few few times off here and then yeah ready to kick the season off amazing um i think that's you know that's really it for me unless you got anything else scott that's it man we wish you all the luck next year we'll be cheering for you um we we were big on you getting the seat even before you were announced the seat so we were talking about it in like july so that you you may get the seat so (laughs) we're excited for you to have it um hopefully you can do what uh yao ming did for basketball in this in the country of china right so help grow the sport because we're huge fans I'm trying my best. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you so Listen, much. Listen, it's been a pleasure, Joe. All the best. 